0: Welcome to Grace Notes, a radio outreach of Sandbeck Ministries. Our host, Barbara Sandbeck, has been teaching on the subject of emotions in a series entitled Making the Best of Our Emotions. Up to this point, we've mainly discussed the emotion of love, because that is who God is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, known as the Love Chapter, was the main thrust of our study on the last program. We trust that you were challenged more fully to display the agape love God placed in you when you received Jesus as your Savior. Knowing God through Christ enables believers to demonstrate this kind of love, even when we're wronged. Now that we've established the basis for all emotions, let's move on to an emotion that can result from being wronged, anger. You may be surprised to know it's not always a bad thing to feel, so don't change your dial. We're going to see how to handle it correctly.
1: When we think of the word anger, we immediately begin to feel what that word means, because its definition is more of a description of what it does to us than what it is. Webster defines anger as a strong feeling of displeasure and belligerence or hostility aroused by a real or supposed wrong. Let's ask some questions here. First, can a true Christ follower get angry? Of course. Getting angry is not a sin. But how we deal with it can be. Ephesians 4.26 says, In your anger, do not sin. It's important to note that the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 8 that we are being saved from the penalty and power of sin, but the presence of sin in and around us will not be removed until we reach eternity and receive our glorified bodies. Paul struggled with sin in general. Listen to Romans 7.21-23. through 23. He wrote, When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging a war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Well, that's a pretty bleak description of Paul. And us, too. But listen to what he concluded in verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians one nineteen, again written by Paul, says that those who believe in Jesus have God's incomparably great power in them, power to not succumb to sinful desires. That power is the same as the mighty strength God exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms. Wow! <laughs> Paul also wrote in Colossians 3, 5-8 through 8, that we are to rid ourselves of whatever belongs to our earthly nature. The list includes things we'd expect, but anger is also among these. You must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. So, when anger strikes, we can control it by doing what James 4, 7 says, Submit to God first, then you can resist the devil, he will flee from you, and the temptation to act on it will flee as well. Claim the promises you've been given, especially those found in Ephesians chapter 1. In the middle of
2: a battle, and all that really matters is a place where I can find relief. I even start to wonder at the stress I'm under, is my joy and degree. I've been beat down by Down, found myself on the ground. Thought I would lose my mind. Then I opened up the Bible and found.
1: We know we can still experience feelings of anger, even when we've accepted Christ. Let me ask another question. Is all anger wrong? Of course not. The Bible tells us that God gets angry. The Old Testament is full of illustrations of this. In Joshua twenty three sixteen, Joshua said this to the Israelites. If you violate the covenant of the Lord, your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. Remember Uzzah? He touched the cover of the ark as he was carrying it to keep it from falling off. Second Samuel 6, 7 says the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there beside the Ark of God. God called his actions irreverent because, according to Numbers 4.15, only Kohathites, a special branch of the Levitical tribe, were allowed to carry the Ark, and even they couldn't touch it directly or they'd die. He took God's commands lightly. God hasn't changed. In the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 4.40 says, "...let all things be done decently and in order." I'm afraid that in these days, some churches and people may be getting a bit too casual with how sacred things are being handled. Again and again, in the summation of the reign of the kings of the people of Judah and Israel, Scripture records that they provoked the Lord to anger by their worthless idols. Well, what about Jesus? The New Testament says He became indignant over people who hindered the furtherance of the kingdom work even pronouncing judgment or woes in certain situations for their evil acts. The word indignant is a synonym for angry. He rebuked his own disciples, along with the Pharisees, false prophets, unrepentant cities where miracles had been performed, and even a fruitless fig tree. Now, if you've been rebuked, you know someone is angry with you. Jesus combined his indignant words with action when he overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves in the temple courts and then drove them out now was that anger it appears so yet scripture says he was consumed with a righteous zeal for the purity of his father's house these people were making it a den of robbers according to matthew 21:13 Jesus Christ's controlled emotion or zealous anger was aroused from his unswerving opposition to evil and his determination to eradicate it. That's righteous indignation. And guess what? It's okay for us to feel angry about this too. According to the John Gills commentary, anger is okay when it arises from a true zeal for God. There are several other reasons when it's justified, too, and we'll cover these as well as reasons when it isn't on our next program, so stay tuned. But first, I want to conclude by saying that we need to put the use of even our righteous anger into perspective. If God treated us in the way we deserve for our sin against Him, we'd be wiped out here and now and certainly never be used for His kingdom work. Second Peter three seven says that God will judge and destroy the ungodly. But it also says in verse 10, The Lord is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So I want to say, thank you, God, for Exodus 34, 6b, where you described yourself to Moses by saying, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Why not receive God's salvation gift purchased for you on the cross by his son Jesus then his anger toward you will never be demonstrated, but rather replaced by his merciful
2: love. O cleanser of the mess I've made Upon the hill our place is straight Stretched on across your You formed from dawn
0: been blessed by this ministry or would like a transcript or cd of this broadcast please write and tell us at sandbeck ministries p.o box 581 boston maryland 21047 or contact us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com join us on our next program until then let your grace notes be a song of praise